Good morning, good morning. Breakfast today is dedicated and sponsored in loving memory of Nathan Marcus. Leiluin Nishmat Natan Ben Rachel Alava Shalom. Sponsored by the Marcus family. <clears throat> Our Torah tells us that uh, Moshe tells the Jewish people, you're standing here today, Kulchem, everyone in front of Hashem, your God, your head, the heads of the tribes, the tribes themselves, the elders, the policemen, every Jewish man, woman, and child, the converts, the, uh, the, the, <clears throat> the uh, water carriers, the, the water chopper, the wood choppers, everybody is here. Everybody is in this gathering. And Moshe says, I'm here to pass you through, to put you through the Brit, the covenant of God, and in his curses, in case we don't do them, the Berachot when we do the right thing, and the curses when we do the wrong thing. That God is uh, consecrating with you today. In order to be able to become a nation, and he will be your God, <clears throat> like he spoke to you and like he swore to your forefathers. Now here is the verse I want to focus on with you today. And not just with you, is this uh, covenant with? And this, uh, these, these, uh, the, the positives and the negatives. Not just with you. The one asher yesh no who is here, Imanu, with us standing today in front of God. And he who is not standing here with us today. <clears throat> All future generations are also part of the covenant of Am Yisrael. And I, I always think to myself, what a fascinating idea this is. When HaKadosh Baruch Hu stood there and made a, a promise and a pact with the Jewish people, that they would be his people, and that they would be commanded in his mitzvot, and that he would take care of them and have a special relationship with them. God's berit was not with the people that were at Har Sinai. It was not with the people that were at Har Girizim and Har Eval. It was not with the people in Arvot Moav. It was with all future generations of the Jewish people. And Rabotai, God's covenant at Har Sinai was not just with the Jewish people. It was with all future people who would join the Jewish people. Then the Shamot that were there at Har Sinai. So when God sat there and made this commitment and asked all of us to take part in this mission that He called the creation of our world, what HaKadosh Baruch Hu was doing at that time was enlisting all of the soldiers that would fight His good fight for all of eternity. And Rabutai, even today, when we are doing the right thing, we are soldiers fighting for that cause, fighting the war against evil, fighting the war to uphold the light of HaKadosh Baruch Hu and the laws of His Torah and the way of His divine presence in this world. But I'd like to point out one beautiful thing over here. It says, Ki et asher yesh no po, for he who is not with us today. Yesh no po means here with us. Like yesh means that the person is po, he's here. But what the, what's interesting is, there's an extra word. And that word finds itself in both sides of the clause. Yesh no po means he is here. Yesh no po imanu means he is here. Imanu means with us. with us. If he's here, you don't need to say with us. But then you find that the same clause on the other side. And he who is not here, Imanu, with us. 
If he's not here, then he's not with us. Rabotai, that is not true. There's a lot of people who are yesh no po, who they are here, but they are not imanu. They are not with us. I don't mean to use exclusionary politics here. That's not where I'm going with this, Rabotai. But what I do want you to understand is a beautiful little story about a man who goes on a business trip and he comes back to the synagogue. And the guy walks in at the beginning of prayers. Rabbi walks up to him, extends his hand, and he says, Shalom Aleichem. Welcome. You know, welcome back to the synagogue. He, you know, the guy says, oh, thank you so much. It feels very nice. The rabbis welcomed him back to the synagogue. It was noticed that he was gone. But again, the rabbi comes up to him after Ashrei, and he stretches out his hand and he says, Shalom Aleichem, welcome back. The guy is a little bit bewildered. Hazit, the rabbi must be losing uh, his memory, you know, losing his marbles. Early onset, right? Then the guy comes again, right? Right after the Shema, before the Amidah. And again, he doesn't speak this time, but he stretches out his hand and he says, Welcome back. And then again, four times he welcomes him back. After Tefillah, the guy is so you know, perplexed. He walks up to the rabbi, he says, Rabbi, I don't understand. You welcomed me back, I felt like a million dollars. But then you welcomed me back three more times. Is everything okay? The rabbi says, with me, everything's fine. He says, but when you came back after your long trip away, it was nice to welcome you back to the shul. So I welcomed you back. But then I saw after, by Ashrei, we're all praying and you're somewhere else. And then when you finally, your thoughts came back here and you were focusing on the book and you weren't on your phone or somewhere else, I welcomed you back to the building. But then I noticed again, Rabbi Shema, that also you let, you'd gone. So when you came back, I welcomed you back. again. You could have a guy, Bashallah, he's in and out of the synagogue, you know, many, many, numerous times in one tefillah. Rabotai, we say this in jest, but this concept in kavana is present in all of our Judaism. There's a lot of times that people and families, they decide, you know, I'm working too hard. I need to spend more time with my family. I need to be at home more. So what does the guy do? He says, you know what, chalas, I'm leaving the office from now on at 5.30. I'm going to get home earlier. I'm going to be there before my kids go to sleep. The guy comes home, and now he's home every day before his kids go to sleep. Hazaku baruch. But he came home, and he's on his phone. He came home, and he's on, he has a business call. He came home, and he went to sleep. So it's great that you came home early. He's yesh no Paul. He's here. But he's not imanu. He's not with us. Rabutai, to be with the people, to be with your family, to be with someone in, in, in a difficult time, it doesn't mean that you're physically there. It means that you're checked in. Okay? I want to share with you just a little bit of a challenge for the month of Elul. Maybe something we could all do in our own lives, in our own families. If you're going to spend some time at home, because you came home early, make a point of showing your family that you took your phone out of your pocket and you shut it off, not on vibrate. You shut your phone off. I don't care if it's 20 minutes, half hour. Make a point. Do you know what that says to somebody? We don't shut our phones off for anything today. Right? Your phone's on all night by your bed. Yes. Your phone's on, you know, even the most important conversations. Yes. At best, we'll go silent. At best. 
But meanwhile, it still rings. It still lights up, you could see. Yeah? Number one, that's a, a, a tremendous idea. But in the same way, I'm, I ask you to turn your phone off with you in a conversation with your wife, with your children. Rabotai, that's also true when we, uh, when we come to pray. Turning the phone off means that the, you're eliminating distractions. So what does it mean to pray and to be present in prayer? A phone is not the only thing that could take up a person's mind. Before we had phones, you know, people, it's not like people were praying with 100% kavanah before phones. You guys remember before phones? They just found another distraction. The question is, a person should ask themselves in every moment, what am I doing with this time? I remember reading the most uninspiring piece in a, se- in a sefer that wound up being very inspiring. What do I mean? I was actually confused when I read it. The Chafetz Haim says that when you're saying the tefillah, so you, sh- you should have a very special kavanah. You know what the very special kavanah that the Chafetz Haim says you should have in the Amidah is? When you're going to say Barachenu, pause before you say Barachenu and think, I'm ready. Oh boy, here it comes. Here's the thought that's going to bring me to Parnassah. Come on, baby. Do you know what the Chafetz Haim's great advice was? To think before you say the Barachah of Barachenu? You should think, I'm about to say the Barachah of Barachenu. I remember that I was like that must be a typo I'm sure there was something more inspiring deeper over there in the words and then I looked by the way in the beginning of all the Berachot that's what he says just have in mind and I realized that actually if you understood what it was that Barachenu was really all you need to do is focus on Barachenu could you imagine the folly of a person who's thinking about what he needs to do in his business while he's saying the Berachah of Barachenu you're in the biggest meeting of your life with the biggest client you could ever have. And you walk into the meeting, and while you're in the meeting, you're thinking about what things you need to order, order for the office. The guy's like, I see you're distracted. You're selling Walmart now. The guy's like, yeah, I'm just thinking I, I need more toner for the printer. Dib, think about the toner later. You know, this, the whole point of the toner is for this guy for this meeting. Now you're in the meeting. Every Amidah is a meeting with your best client. With your biggest investor, right? with the guy who has a chance to, ch- to save or to change your life. So that focus is so important. Yeshno po imanu. In mitzvot, in tefilot, not just to physically be there, but to mentally be there. So I ask you for that, uh, for those two things. Number one, you're spending time with someone you love, whether that's your wife, your children, or Hashem, show off your phone for a half hour. Nothing's gonna happen. The world will not end. I know you think you're crucial to the world's survival, but as our wives and mother-in-laws remind us, we are not as important as we think we are. Okay? That's number one. Number two, my wife never says that, and my mother-in-law would never say that. But I'm saying in general, colloquially. Okay? That's, that's number one. And number two is to ask yourself that simple question before you do something. What am I about to do? What am I going in to do? And I love this idea, Rabotai, because the parasha begins by saying, Atem Nitzavim, all of you are here. What is this gathering over here with Moshe Rabbeinu? There's an epic moment. All the Sadiqim, all the Rishaim, all the men, all the women, that wasn't an equa- equation of Rishaim and Sadiqim, but all the men, all the women, the children, 
like the highest guy in the nation and the lowest guy in the nation. Everybody's there. This is a pretty epic moment, right? Is that, can we agree? Has this ever happened? Where everyone comes together, Moshe gathers the whole people. They're about to go through a covenant, a promise with God. And that is when Moshe says, Et yeshno po imanu. A person, you could be here and not be here. At that moment, we are capable, Rabotai, of missing our most important moments. Sometimes you see a hatan and kala like that as well. They're at the chuppah. Everything's beautiful. Most beautiful, most important moment of their lives. And what happens? And they smile. The rabbis like sehare at mikudejet, and the girl's fixing her hair. <laughs> right? Because the pictures. That's what it means. Yesh no po, but not imanu. But Rabotai, there's a tremendous secret I'd like to share. There's also the flip side of enenopo, but still imanu. Isn't that unbelievable? If your son is in Eretz Israel, he's in the yeshiva, or he's in the army, enenopo imanu, enenopo, you're not with him. But every single second, if he's a hayal, he's on your mind. Where is he now? Uli, where is he getting to? Where is he going? You're saying every day to Misha Berach, if God forbid the rabbi ever skips the Misha Berach for the Hayalet Tzal, you go up there, you stab him on the spot. <laughs> now you know what the Hayalim go through, right? You understand? You're very nervous, and then Opo, you're not there, but it's Emmanuel. A, a human being is capable of not being somewhere and still being somewhere. When a person's thoughts are with someone, then they're together. There's no break whatsoever. That's what it means that we could constantly be with the Shekhinah, with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. How? Because if you're in your work and you're thinking, how do I do this honestly? How do I do this the right way? How do I speak to my coworkers the right way? You know, what's Lashon Hara? What information am I allowed to give? And what is Gilui Sod Havero? What's revealing the secret of my friend? That person is sitting in the middle of Wall Street, and he did not leave God for one second the entire day. In the shul, he was there, because that's where God hangs out. That is the house of God. In his office, he's brought Hashem with him. Why? Because he's enenopo, he's not in the shul, but still, he's imanu. He's together with him. That is the power of the human mind. It can take someone from being where they're supposed to be and remove him from that place, or vice versa, if he's not there, what could he be? He could be there. Rabotai. And I'll end with this. There was a young boy uh, who uh, attended a school, one of the schools that uh, I think it was, I don't remember the name of the rabbi, I think it was brought down Rabbi Spiro's book. He goes to give classes every week in this, in this school. It's like one of these Sunday school for Hebrew you know, kids that may be from non-religious uh, community, that they go to non-Jewish schools, etc., etc., and every Sunday they meet, and one Sunday the rabbi comes in, and he starts singing a song, a special treat for the boys. He starts singing a song. And all the boys are sitting, and they're clapping, and it's beautiful. All of a sudden the rabbi hears that someone, there's a beautiful voice that's singing harmony to the song. He can't believe it. 
Which one of these boys knows? And the kid is so talented and so clear the voice. He doesn't want to open his eyes, like not to break the moment until finally he finishes, opens his eyes, and he sees that it's one boy in the back and his name is Joey. Now Joey was maybe the least religious of all of them. He doesn't understand, how does he even know this Jewish song? Anyway, at the end of the song, he, he says, Joey, that was beautiful. He says, how do you know how to sing like that? You should join a choir. And everyone in the class starts laughing. And they're all like, oh yeah, tell him, Joey, tell him about the choir, tell him about the choir. And Joey is like, stop, stop, embarrassed. Rabbi doesn't know what's going on, but he could see that the kid is embarrassed, so he drops it. He waits till everybody leaves, and right before Joey walks out, he holds him back. He says, tell me, what's going on, Joey? What's happening? You're in a choir? You have a beautiful voice. And Joey says, yeah, Rabbi, I'm in a choir. You know, my, uh, my mother, she got divorced from my dad. My dad was not a great person. He used to hit her, he used to hit me. And finally my mother got enough strength and she left him and we started a new life, but we had nothing. And then when my mother was in this place, this low place, difficult time, there was a very nice man. He wasn't Jewish and he met my mom and he met me and he became like a real father to me. And he eventually married my mother and he really takes such good care of us. And I love him, but he's, but he's not Jewish, Rabbi. And every Sunday, it's very important to him. So he takes me with him to church. So on Saturday, I'm in the synagogue. And on Sunday, I'm in the church. And I know how much it means to him. And I feel so bad that I can't give him anything after all that he's given to me. So I know that it would make him so proud if I sing in the choir in his church. So Rabbi, I've been training and I sing every Sunday morning in the choir in the church and that's how I know how to sing. But then the boy, he starts crying. And he says, but Rabbi, he says, please forgive me. Every morning when I'm singing in the church on Sunday, he says, I never open my eyes. I keep my eyes closed and while I'm singing in that church, I imagine I'm singing in the synagogue. Do you think Hashem will forgive me? Et asher eneno po imano. He's not here in the shul. Who's he singing to this boy? This little boy who has no background, who doesn't know any better, who for all intents and purposes, you know, you should have, could have, would have grown up to, to following non-Jewish customs. That's his dad. But he still has that Jewish neshama, and no matter where he is, and how far away he is, still he is Imanu. It's so important, Rabotai, therefore never to judge a book by its cover. Because here's a guy wearing all of the clothes, and the hat, and the beard, and the peot. Yesh no po! But the whole time he's in prayer, might be thinking about his business, might be thinking about something else, might be thinking about marrying off his daughter. Might be thinking about a lot of things. And then there's a guy with a nose ring and a face tattoo praying next to you in the minyan of Rabbi Elbaz in Israel. Yeah? This is what it's like to pray in order Haim. Everyone should pray there once in their life. 2,000 plus people praying. It's the most beautiful tefillah. I can't even begin to tell you. 
and you're having this great rabbi standing next to you as a soldier, standing next to him is a guy all tattooed, his old face. You know, he's got a woman on a picture of his woman on his on his arm. You know, with wearing a bikini. You know, this is how he's praying. And with that arm, you see him, and he's like, "Ha dan," and he's crying. Never judge Rabotai, you don't know where people are. Leave that job to God. Like the Mishnah in Avot says, a person just doesn't judge, ad until you reach his place. The literal interpretation means that you can't judge someone until you've gone, you've been in his shoes, you've stood in his place. But I saw a beautiful interpretation. We say on Shabbat, Baruch Kavod Amunai, Mimekomo. Right? We say, Baruch Hamakom, Baruch Hu. What does Hamakom mean? Baruch Hamakom means, blessed is Hashem. One of the names of God is Makom. Why? We say, because En Ha'olam Mekomo, the world is not his place, rather, Hu Mekomo Shelolam. He is the place within which the world exists. So we call God Makom. Al tadun at Don't judge your friend. Until you are his God. Only God understands. Only God knows. Who's Yeshno po in spirit and Eneno po in body? And who's Eneno po in body? And Yeshno po Imanu who's with us here in the prayers, in their heart, in Teshuvah, Rabotai. That is the true essence of what it means to be present. Baruch al-Nadawla. Amen.